Hello, and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film and television. How are you? Um, in the news quite recently, you, particularly if you're in the UK, not so much overseas, but if you're in the UK, um, you will have spotted photographs of Freddie Flintoff, Andrew Flintoff, ex-cricketer who became a presenter on the Top Gear program. Um, after being a cricketer, kind of sort of changed direction a bit and became um, a bit of an action go-to kind of character doing shows with the fire department in Australia and um, he was a host of was he a host of American Ninja? I think he was for a while, or Australian Ninja, one of the ninjas. I don't know, there's so many ninjas these days, it's difficult to keep track. Anyway, what happened was that he became a presenter on Top Gear. And as you know, or as you may know, uh, after watching this and reading the news for many years, Top Gear presenters do tend to get their fair share of incidents and accidents. Now, um, Freddie's no uh, he's no exception to this rule and in September of 2019 he crashed a it was a, a head first trike it's referred to and it was really shifting 124 miles an hour when he got a wiggle on and lost it you lose anything at you know, the, you look at bikes. I think maybe this was why this whole thing was created to prevent that wiggle. You see the, the the videos of motorcycles really shifting, even those professional ones. When you watch MotoGP, and every once in a while they get a bit of a wiggle, and the back end slides, and then if there's a tremor, the front end goes as well. And you've seen those videos where it's just going back front, back front, back front, and then it, you lose contact with the bike. Well, evidently, that's what happened to him back in 2019. 124 miles an hour, and he walked away scratch-free. Not a mark on him. He's a lucky boy. Then, in December of last year, he crashed a Morgan Super 3. Now, a Morgan Super 3, another three-wheeled vehicle. There's a pattern appearing here. Um... And he was travelling at 22 miles an hour. It does not have a roof. He is 6 foot 4 inches tall and was not wearing a helmet. It rolled at 22 miles an hour and removed part of his face. Consequently, he needed uh, what appears to be some sort of reconstructive surgery to put his nose back on his face and various other bits and pieces that were hanging off. The question, of course, had been asked um, and some sort of internal inquiry with the BBC and the Health and Safety Executive, etc., etc., in regards to should he have been wearing a helmet? Um, the trike... Um, and, of course, the open-top vehicle of this one doesn't require a helmet to be worn. Um, it has the halo safety device on it, as you would... You see those in F1, you know? And they do make a difference. 
Um, and it's reformed as its, its rigidity not only benefits the car's dynamic capability, but also enhances safety. The Super 3 continues Morgan's long-standing um, uh, agreement with, with uh, the, the technology that's required, the Superform technology that's required. That was a quote. Um, it also has crumple zones, seat belts and airbags, but it wasn't equipped with one. Now, it meets all of those standards that you're supposed to meet um, and I'm not really, I'm not really doubting the vehicle particularly. It's met all of those standards. It has ticked all of those boxes, and due to that, due to those, um, uh, the legislation brought in. Therefore, it is safe to be a road vehicle. And all oh right, it's got three wheels, but it doesn't need. You don't need to wear a helmet. The airbag going off, I'm not entirely convinced would have saved him. And the rolling of a vehicle, I haven't seen, there's no footage, I don't believe there's any footage of this. So we are speculating. But Top Gear, as with any show, uh, has a stunt coordinator. Has... Um, if, if not there for, for the stunt side of, of, of it and they've done that on a number of occasions they've uh, if you remember back in the old days when it was Clarkson um, they had stuntman Paul Heisman um, was driving uh, was it a Ford Sierra Cosworth I think it was and had a um, a caravan on the back and they were testing what you should do if you get to the stage where your caravan starts um, writhing from side to side, either it's because of wind, because of poor traction, because whatever it was, everybody was easing off. They were easing off and the wiggle got worse and on occasions rolled the vehicle it was attached to. The theory in this test was that you power out of it you see the wiggle on and you put your foot down and you start to increase the pace which then levels off the vehicle so that was the idea and stuntman Paul Heisman did that I know Lee Shewer did a bunch of those as well um, Jim Dowdle has been um, a contributor not only to Top Gear but also to the, um, um, the the one they did on Amazon which name eludes me at the moment um so they've been involved in all of those. There's always been stuntmen there uh, at some shape or form. Was there one here? Now, if we look into this, and we'll use IMDB as an example, nine times out of ten you can go through it season by season and find who was responsible for, for the action. Um, not here. Not on this occasion. There doesn't appear to be a stunt coordinator attached to this. Or if there is... We don't have information to back it up. So the question needs to be asked. When does the health and safety of the presenter, if that becomes an issue, I may, obviously this wasn't seen, you know, the error wasn't seen. If there's an error, 
we're, we're suggesting that there's an issue, but we haven't seen all of the footage. We don't know. We're having to work on what the newspapers are providing us, which isn't a great deal. But it did strike me that the whole show is just doomed um, ever since uh, Clarkson, May and the Hamster left. It's been a bit of a shambolic scenario. You know, they've had a couple of great moments um, since, but they have been few and far between. And um, accidents are not par for the course. They shouldn't be just accepted. Particularly when you have a situation where the press, uh, and there was a great deal of uh, press about this the last couple of weeks, it was only 22 miles an hour. How's he possibly managed to get this at 22 miles an hour? Um, it is the simplest thing in the world to roll over a vehicle um, if, if you're not expecting it. You know, it only takes the slightest little thing. We have seen footage of uh, vehicles giving a, the, the tiniest, glanciest blow to a vehicle in front or beside them and they've ridden up the wheel and they've rolled the vehicle over you know in slow-mo effectively but it's still at a very short speed we are used to seeing cars turning over um at high speed 40 miles an hour normally as a rule pipe ramps cannon rolls you name it we're expecting it they'll have roll cages in them they'll be well protected the drivers will be wearing uh, five-point racing harnesses, helmets, you name it. They will be there. They'll be locked in place. The car will roll, and they'll give the thumbs up afterwards. Go, yep, I'm dandy, and then somebody will come along and lift them out. Happy days. But this is evidently him testing the vehicle. And I am reliably informed reading, again, some of the... Um, stuff that's gone along with this the stories and bits and pieces that yeah prior to this 22 mile an hour rollover he was giving it the beans and was thrashing the balls off the thing around the track at dunsfold so there is a distinct possibility that he could have got a bit overzealous and again if you've got an individual who's a bit overzealous you know it's worrying. Yeah, they can all drive a bit. I'm not disputing that. Chris Martin, who's the other guy, isn't he? Um, he's an actual driver of some note, um, a, a racing journalist. But yeah, does drive, does you put him behind the wheel of a rally car and all sorts of stuff. And he is really handling that car beautifully. But um, Flintoff's a sportsman, but cricket. Um... Paddy McGuinness is, well, I have no idea what Paddy McGuinness is, but that's neither here nor there. But they are enthusiasts, yes. Um, professional drivers, well, no. But they're keen as mustard. And because of the nature of the show, are able to push the boundaries a little bit further than maybe they you would do on a, on a different show. You know? It's become that way. And, and, and top Top Gear has made a rod for its own back by changing that format in whatever the hell it was, early 90s, mid 90s, something like that, where they started when Clarkson turned up. When Clarkson turned up, things changed. 
and he started doing the piece to camera whilst power sliding the car around the track and all that sort of bits and pieces. It then evolved to, you know, the producers with giving them the challenge and them going off. And uh, we had to buy three supercars for £45, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's where it really started to get to the stage of, all right, well, they're, they're, they've pushed this to a, to a slightly different point now. This is, this is very different. Other car shows were still in a situation where they were you know, reviewing the upholstery and the, um, oh, look, the interior light comes on when you do that. That's nice. And uh, doesn't it handle well around town and all that sort of stuff? And the miles per gallon. Ooh, the miles per gallon. Beautiful. Really economical. But what Top Gear were doing was that they were thrashing the bejesus out of the whole thing and saying, you know, it'll go to 0 to 60 in 2.7 seconds. People go, well, I need a car like that. So all of that it changed the way that people looked at vehicles and consequently the program was developed differently. But if you're going to do um, stuff of this nature, you need to have health and safety on board the whole time. It's an accident, very clearly. We don't know the ins and outs of it. And yes, we are speculating. But, um, again, forewarned is forearmed. You know, if there is the six foot four... Freddie's very tall. I don't know what the capacity is for a, a Morgan. If you were of average height... I'm not sure what average height is. I'm five seven and a half. If I was in that, there is a distinct possibility that the um, halo would have prevented my head um, from maybe hitting the ground. That's a possibility. But evidently what's happened is that because he's quite tall, in fact, he's very tall for this particular vehicle, he may well have lurched out of, once the centre of balance has gone, and the car then starts to go over to one side, the centre of balance has changed and he is pitched. If he's only wearing, um, you know, the seat belt that's in the vehicle, is it a lap belt? Is it a conventional over-the-shoulder one? It's certainly not a racing harness, because if it was a racing harness, he would have stayed put. Hello, crime fans. I'm Sean Coleman. I'm Chris McDonald. And I'm Rob Parker. We are crime authors. Well... I'm a publisher too. And I'm a giggling buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Blood Brothers and this is our podcast. Every week we speak to the best and brightest in the world of crime fiction. And embarrass ourselves hugely. No, that's just you. Yeah, definitely just you. Great. Coming to you from the Pod Dojo Network. And sponsored by Red Dog Press. We've got new episodes heading your way all the time. With giveaways and games. Interviews and insight. And laughter. Lots of laughter. Check us out now. On all your favourite streaming services. And give us five stars so we can't be our own one-star superstar. The Blood Brothers Podcast, your one-stop shop for the best crime chit-chat. You go upside down in a racing harness, you are hanging from the seat. In the right in the seat, you're in the seat, you're upside down, but you're not hanging, as the phrase is, you're not dangling. But he's six foot four. There's a lot of dangle to dangle. And chances are he would have maybe been in line with or even above that halo. And on the strength of that, um, he may not have been the right person to test the vehicle, if that's the case. Chris Martin, of course, is uh, only a very small fella. So 
the, the, there's all of this to be taken into consideration, but I do find it fascinating that of late there has been, um, you know, an abundance of bits and pieces about this. And we saw some photographs of him and some video the other day because he was presenting an England cap uh, to a player at a, at, a, at a test match. And, uh, yeah, he's not looking great, you know. Um, the nose has been all over the face very clearly there's lots of stitching down one side so it's had to be reattached the article explains that um my grandmother my grandmother would always say to my dad look after your nose son it's the only piece of furniture you've got on your face she's quite right you know and on the strength of that his piece of furniture looks like it's been thrown out of a window and then somebody's run after it picked it up and thought we should really do something with that and try to reattach it again but was that through negligence? That's the question. Was there an issue? Now, from a health and safety point of view, those boxes need to be ticked first. Clarkson's quite tall, you know? But he's certainly not... Freddie Flintoff is a beanpole-thin kind of character. Clarkson's a bit chunkier, as he will probably agree. It's all that beer that he makes, I imagine. Um, but certainly something that needs to be looked at. But I wouldn't want you to look at it. If you are reading the story, if you're aware of what's going on, then just you know, open yourself to the possibility that there are other factors involved here. It's not just a case of the car not being up to scratch. The car may well be up to scratch and, of course, has had all of those boxes ticked, enabling it to be a roadworthy vehicle. But when you put somebody in it, who may well be much bigger than those guidelines that maybe should have been adhered to. All manner of options are open, and uh, and sadly that evidently seems to have been what has happened there. Uh, but I just wanted to bring it to your attention if you weren't already aware of it. Go and check it out. Have a look at um, some of the stuff that Freddie's done in the past. It will give you a flavour of what was likely to be expected, I imagine, from the producers, but... Uh, bit unfortunate that that's the situation the show they say has not been axed um, although I would say that it's probably not going to be back for some time it's not the worst thing in the world really if the case be known um, all right from a ratings point of view it's not it's not been setting the world alight people are very comfortable with the show and over time they get used to the new presenters but when you had uh, Clarkson, May and Hammond prior to that, it's a difficult team to suddenly just slip into new shoes and, and, and crack on the way you would. They've had this since day one when Chris Evans was presenting at the start of this new burst, do you remember? So, a bit tricky. Um, so, Freddie Flintoff rolling the car on, on Top Gear. Uh, you probably never get to see the footage, but... Um, there are other factors to involve themselves. It's not necessarily the vehicle. It could well be a health and safety issue gone mad. And if there is a stunt coordinator involved, then obviously there will be implications along the way. But there's no names, no pack drill, because there's no information to back any of it up. But I wanted to pass it on if you hadn't already checked it out. Um, don't forget to check out the Pod Dojo Network. They are responsible for this and many other podcasts do check them out and until next time it is bye for now 